Chart Chat is a member of the Tiege.fm network from WTJU Radio. Find out more at Tiege.fm. That's T-E-E-J dot F-M. everybody it's monday november 26th 2018 i'm caitlin and i'm tanner and you're listening to chart chat your weekly guide to the past week of pop singles hitting the u.s and uk charts tanner green how are you doing well i woke up from a lovely dream this morning where apparently all the talk that we've had over the past episodes of the mercury prize in the uk has filtered its way into my subconscious because i had a dream that we won the mercury prize for chart chat (laughs) so that was nice Otherwise, it is like 35 degrees and raining very hard. So, of course, I'm quite pleased. How are you? Hopefully that will become a thing, like the Mercury Prize given for podcasts, because I think we might be deserving. I don't know. We'll leave that up to you, dear listeners. I am well. I'm also here to tell you that we are finally on Spotify. Hooray. Hooray. We're so grateful that Spotify has allowed us to join It's podcasting community. And in the meantime, I'm sure you're all excited to hear the UK entries for this week. Starting at number 100, we have Louis Capaldi with his song, Someone You Loved. At number 97, we have Muse with Algorithm. We also have Muse at number 96 with Pressure. A past pick of the week debuts at number 88, Trippy Red, that's Topanga. At number 87, we have Lil Peep with Life is Beautiful. Rest in peace, Lil Peep. At number 86, we have Kelly Clarkson with Never Enough. I commented to Tanner that these Greatest Showman remakes are almost like verging on being worthy of commenting on them on this podcast, but not quite there. But that is what uh, that Kelly Clarkson debut is from, everyone. At number 83, we have Little Mix with their song Told You So. Slightly better, I would say, than Joan of Arc. You should definitely check that one out in the playlist. At number 80, we have Juice World with Armed and Dangerous. At number 51, we have Young Bane with Needed Time. At number 44, Imagine Dragons debuts with Bad Liar. Fredo is on the charts at number 25 this past week with BMT. True to my prediction, XXXTentacion debuts at number 23 with his song Bad. And breaking the top 20 this week, we have Cheryl with the song Love Made Me Do It. And over here on the U.S. side of things, we are going to see a lot of Trippy Red. We're seeing his new mixtape, A Love Letter to You 3, hit the charts a couple weeks after Topanga came out as the lead single. And the first of those songs debuts at number 98, Trippy Red with Toxic Waste. Then we've got a little mini country block here. We've got Chris Stapleton at number 96 with Millionaire. Kip Moore at number 95 with Last Shot. Dustin Lynch at number 93 with Good Girl. And Thomas Red at number 91 with 16. From there, we hop back over to Trippy Red featuring Cody Shane with their song Negative Energy debuting at number 89. The aforementioned Imagine Dragons debut at number 79 with Bad Liar. A couple more Trippy Red songs debuting at number 73 and 55 respectively. That's Love Scars 3 and 1400-999 Freestyle. That second song is also featuring Juice World. And Juice World himself solo debuts at number 44 with Armed and Dangerous and, as Caitlin mentioned, XXXTentacion with Bad, 
highest U.S. debut, cracking the top 20 all the way at number 16. Caitlin, what's jumping out at you from your list of debuts? A fluffy Scottish man. That's Louis Capaldi. <laughs> I love describing him as fluffy. His hair is so shaggy, kind of like Ed Sheeran. Okay, we're going to talk about someone you loved. Let's get in our feelings with a national treasure of Scotland currently. Let me give you some background on Louis Capaldi. So this year, he's won a total of four awards. The Rising Star Award at the Fourth Awards, Breakthrough Artist Award at the Great Scott Awards. I didn't know that was a thing. I love it. Great Scott Awards. It's hilarious to me. He also won Breakthrough Artist of the Year at the Scottish Music Awards and also Best Acoustic Act at the Scottish Alternative Music Awards. Exclamation point. That's a lot. Capaldi was also listed on BBC's Music's Sound of 2017, big list of artists to watch, alongside stars such as Sigrid Khalid and Tanner's fave Billie Eilish. So I'm a little bit surprised that I hadn't really had him on my radar until now. He also had a song in the charts a couple weeks ago that I totally just blew over that I feel a little bit guilty about now. I'd also like to mention um, a writer, I forget his name, for metro.co.uk, claims that Capaldi is an anomaly. He uses that word, that his sound is unique, but I don't think this could be more untrue. Capaldi's style is so undeniably popular right now. His vocal and instrumental style could be compared to Ed Sheeran, Harry Styles, Dean Lewis, who we talked about uh, either last week or a couple weeks ago, maybe even James Bay. I would throw George Ezra into that mixed bag as well, but I would say he's a little bit more of an anomaly than uh, all of the aforementioned men. Back to Capaldi, though. Capaldi's biggest musical influences here include Fleetwood Mac, Elvis, Queen, and Kings of Leon. One of these things is not like the other. And, fun fact, Capaldi has played to date four back-to-back sold-out tours. My question is how? My question is whether or not we think or consider him a dark horse at this point. Something just doesn't add up for me, okay? So his career output right now consists of two four-track EPs. Bloom is the title of the first one, released last year. And his only showings on the UK official charts is a song we're about to discuss, Somebody You Loved, and Grace, which cracked the UK top 70. I believe it peaked at number 62. The song you're about to hear is from his most recent EP, titled Breach. came out November 9th of this year. I've spent a lot of time in Louis Capaldi immersion in preparation for this podcast, and I will explain a little bit of what that experiment has done to me. But I would also like to ask you, dear listeners, are these awards and accolades well-deserved? We'll leave that up to you. Here's a clip of Someone You Loved. I'm going on during this time I fear there's no one to save me This all and nothing really got away You're driving me crazy I need somebody to hear Somebody to know Somebody to have Somebody to hold It's easy to say But it's never the same I guess I kind of like the way you know all the pain Now the day bleeds into nightfall And you're not here to 
Before I asked Tanner his thoughts on this song, I just want to add another name to the sound alike list. That would be Chris Martin of Coldplay. During those verses, I just think, especially on B, where it like somebody, it just reminds me so much of even like Sky Full of Stars, something like that. It's crazy the sound-alike comparisons. But anyway, before I move on, I digress. Tanner, you had some stuff to say about this song earlier. Somewhat. I find myself torn, I suppose I would say. I think on the vocal front, like you're talking about, there's a really stark difference between his voice on the verse and his voice on the chorus to the point where it almost is a little jarring to me. Also, I think, so you mentioned Dean Lewis, the song Be Alright that we were both rather fond of that we talked about in a recent episode. And whereas the more I listened to Be Alright, the more I found things to find really compelling and little details that really made the song pop. I liked the song at first, and then the more I listened to it, the more it kind of wore off on me for reasons I can't fully articulate yet. It feels a little too, a little too pat, a little too easy, a little too, I hate to use the word safe, but there aren't enough of those little interesting wrinkles to really make it stand up to repeated listens, I find. Even though, in general, the hook is decent, the instrumentation is fine, it doesn't it doesn't do the, the thing that really annoys me about some ballads, where it hits some colossal climax that sort of bulldozes the emotional impact of the song. It doesn't do that, to, to his credit. So he does a well enough job. I still modestly like it, but it's it's wearing off on me, we'll say. Yeah, I totally agree with that. I mean... For me, I think the song happens in very blocky formations and you hit kind of like the the sweet Chris Martin vocals in those verses, like I mentioned before. And then uh, you said the chorus kind of moves into a different place. I would call that more like Harry Styles, One Direction-y kind of vocals, like you're reaching a little bit and kind of being emotional. And then you get this bridge that's a little bit harder to classify. I might call it one of those wrinkles that you are looking for. Why don't we go ahead and play it so we get it in our ears and then I might grasp for comparisons. And to close my eyes when it hurts sometimes I fall into your arms I'll be safe in your soul If I may make a, a comparison, I apologize to step on your toes. Please. But I just had this thought. I'm having flashbacks to the discussion that we had about Hozier's Nina Cried Power. And you and I were both a little frustrated that the more he pushed his voice, the more it seemed to sort of give out in a way that felt unstable. And I'm getting a similar impression from this bridge in particular. Yeah. The... I'm not going to do it because I might hurt my microphone. But to me, this singing is not singing. It's like powerful yelling. And it gives me like Bruce Springsteen feelings or like when Bono's really trying feelings. And 
I'm not really sure what to classify that as. And maybe that's an aspect that I'd be willing to say is unique or an anomaly because we don't really have Ed Sheeran, let's say, powerfully yelling like that with the gravelly, you know, bottom of the throat sound. I don't I I don't know. I I just find that when I listen to the song it just like I said before the blockiness of it. I find I do find comfort I guess in the verses in particular just like it they're very warm and I'm going to do a thing where I don't talk about the lyrics because it did kind of get me in my feelings at first and that admittedly is why I began to like the song and that happens to me often but like you Tanner I kind of now have this more stale I guess like for the song and it's still great I love that it features the piano heavily I think more pop music should do that I also want to close with a speculative that this song would have been a great country ballad add a couple more specifics give it a little twang you have I would say a top 10 country hit care to disagree Tanner I'm going to have to think about that one. And it'll be good to think about that because we're going we're gonna to talk about some of that, that country block uh, in my half of the show a little later on. But I don't know. I'm going to mull that one over. I'll get back to you. Yeah, please do. I might send you a demo sometime. Moving right along. My next pick is Algorithm. We're sticking at the very bottom of the charts this week, perhaps for good reason. This track is from Muse's new album, titled Simulation Theory. And Muse has had a significant chart presence, obviously in the UK, but they've notably never held the coveted number one spot. I was surprised to find that out this week. I don't generally care about Muse that much in my day-to-day life, but I definitely thought they had a number one. They don't. They have four UK top 10s to date, 22 UK top 40s. Tanner, can you guess what Muse song was the highest on the UK charts. I barely know anything about Muse, so I'm gonna pass that back to you. Tanner, have you seen the hit film Twilight? I think I've only seen the second one, weirdly enough. What? Don't ask me how. Okay, we should talk about that later. Bookmark. Okay, super massive black hole. Number four, UK, highest showing for Muse back from 2006. It was featured on the Twilight soundtrack. That's why I mentioned Twilight in 2008. And it's a smashing song. It's a really good song. It moves. It does things that I like that a lot of Muse songs generally don't. I digress. We need to talk about the charts a little bit more before I play you a clip. Simulation Theory debuted at the number one spot in the UK and number 12 on the Billboard Hot 200 in the US. That means Tanner has listened to this album. (laughs) Tanner just grimaced. The album was released in three different formats. You guys might be interested uh, to hear, and Tanner, I'm interested to see which one that you listen to. The standard 11-track format, the deluxe 16-track format, and the super deluxe 21-track format. So you get to choose your level of buying into Muse's paranoia about potential alien takeover. How nice of them. Tanner, which uh, which album did you listen to? I'm curious. Oh, I went bare bones. I, when, when giving an album a first run through, I try to just stick with the basics. And then if I like it, I'll check out the bonus tracks. 
but I have not even done that with the spectacular Elvis Costello album from this year. So there was absolutely no way that I was going to do that with the Muse album. <laughs> but I'll I'll hold up some of my thoughts for a little later. No problem there. Just another little tidbit that you guys might be interested in. Muse worked with a lot of different producers on Simulation Theory, one of which is our lovely friend Timbaland. Wow. I just, it blows my mind that we've talked about Timbaland so much this year, and we've kind of tracked his footprint on a handful of very underwhelming songs. And I'm kind of sad to say, in my opinion, we're adding yet another song to the list. So let's take a listen to the beginning of Algorithm. Here to speak for the people. Can someone just give Muse their own Broadway show already? I will explain my question. But I just feel like Matt Bellamy could probably be a lead in his own Broadway show and he probably wouldn't require a microphone. I just am so intrigued by this thought that I had that I'm kind of very shamelessly sharing with you all. But Muse has sustained this weird matrixy alien obsession for about 15 years. Their discography, uh, maybe with the exception of their first album, kind of reads like a George Orwell fantasy combined with the Transformers film franchise. The second album is Origin of Symmetry. The third, Absolution. The fourth, Black Holes and Revelations. The fifth, The Second Law the sixth drones and now simulation theory it's just it's it's very interesting and i would like to add some evidence to the table here people i think algorithm begs for some kind of dramatic or cinematic effort it sounds like an attempt at a stranger things soundtrack sound alike except it's also very basic it just sounds so and maybe that's their point it just sounds very computerized so, everyone, I'm hedging my bets on a Muse-directed, produced, composed, all of the verbs, film or Broadway show by 2025. It's a tall order. I know Matt Bellamy listens. But yeah, I just there's just a significant branch of the film industry now that dabbles in movies about the real, scare quotes, lives of famous musicians. A star is born. There's also an even smaller subset of movies made by famous musicians uh, that are not super well-known movies. I 
read a list and was like, I recognize none of these. Tanner might. Um, I'm not going to read them off for you. And on a less positive, I guess, and less sarcastic note, I never was super into Matt Bellamy's voice. He's so talented and he has such a wide range, but I'm just not a huge fan of the squeaky clean, like gauzy, super echo vocals. And Tanner, I'm... I'm tossing it over to you on this one. Maybe you can give us a little bit more about the wider album, but that's kind of all I had to say about these tracks, and that, surprisingly for me, was a a tall order (laughs) this week. So I'm struck by a couple things. First off, the timing of this seems particularly weird, at least from where I sit. It feels like we're kind of on the tail end of this, you know, people use the genre term synthwave to talk about that very 80s reminiscent production style. And I have to imagine that if this came out a couple years ago, this would be better timed to line up with the hubbub surrounding something like the first seasons of uh, of Stranger Things, like you mentioned. But putting that aside, I don't think this is a particularly good example of that. Algorithm is the first track on this album. And for something that's supposed to be the sort of big scene-setting fanfare, the electronics sound very frail. There's not a lot of heft to them. But they're foregrounding these bait, like the, that bass synthesizer, the the chugga chugga chuggas. They're foregrounding those as if they had weight, but they don't, and that makes it all the more comical when you have the the strings enter, or then the really flowery piano glissandos going up and down, or arpeggios rather, not glissandos. But it it just there's it feels like it's trying to be pomp, but there's no actual pomp. <laughs> And I will say, for as much as I don't think it's a very good album, I don't think it's an overtly bad album. After the first couple tracks, the band starts to pivot away from playing the synths so straight, and they start to try to merge them into a more traditional rock style that they're known for. And once they start doing that, it's okay. I'm, I don't think I'm ever going to be a Muse fan, and I know the common critical narrative around Muse for the past decade or so has been stifled laughter, we'll say. Reviewers have not been kind to the past number of Muse albums for a lot of reasons. And I don't, obviously this one's not going to do any different, but I just, I don't see a place for this. I don't see a purpose for this. And it doesn't seem to play to their strengths as far as I can tell what said strengths are. Not knowing a ton of Muse. Eh, that's all I got. It's, it's, I'm indifferent, we'll say. If there was a movie Tanner, I feel like it would give this album a whole new purpose. That's all I'm saying. That's all I'm saying. I always look at the positive people. Tanner, save us, please. <laughs> Take us to the U.S. <laughs> so as much as I would love to save you and throw a positive spin in here, I also kind of found this a tough week on the U.S. side of things. The trippy red tracks were good. I thought rather highly of a love letter to you three, but we already talked about Topanga and I didn't want to cover the same ground. And in terms of what was left, there weren't a ton of options that really stood out to me. So we're going to talk about Bad Liar. We're going to talk about Imagine Dragons. I don't think we've talked about them before on the podcast. Uh, Of course, they need no introduction, immensely popular. And in an effort to be fully transparent, I will be completely upfront about the fact that I have a moderate to strong disdain for the music of Imagine Dragons ever since Radioactive hit big earlier in the decade. I'm throwing that out there in hopes that I can put that aside and try to approach this somewhat objectively and also let you listeners know where I'm coming from when I say that I am indifferent towards the song. 
So Bad Liars, the fourth single from Imagine Dragons' fourth album, Origins, which debuted at number two this past week on the album's chart. And Origins is already well represented on the Hot 100. Its lead single, Natural, has had ongoing success. It's currently at number 13 on the charts and climbing, and it actually charted within the past week the that week's largest gains in digital sales. And if it keeps up that momentum, it seems like it has a pretty good shot at cracking the top 10, especially as other songs like Girls Like You or I'm blanking on the other one, Drip Too Hard, as those songs sort of continue to taper off from their peak, there's the chance that the song could continue to rise. And as for Bad Liar, on the other hand, we'll have to wait and see if it climbs much past its debut again at number 79. My guess is it'll at least climb a little bit because, again, Imagine Dragons are immensely popular. But in the meantime, let's take a listen. Once again, this is Bad Liar by Imagine Dragons. You get the sort of watery keys during the verses that rain in the scope in a way that I somewhat appreciate. Again, talking about that Louis Capaldi song, similar sort of effect there. And it's also in keeping with current pop trends. You know, we're no longer going for the throat full bore at all times like we were at the start of the decade. But then, of course, the chorus comes in and you have singer Dan Reynolds's voice shoot for the back of the stadium walls. Caitlin mentioned Coldplay in one of our conversations about this song. And it's that same very big atmosphere that Imagine Dragons are known for. And admittedly, that's a key part of why I find them frustrating to listen to. Like plenty of other Imagine Dragons songs, this one strikes me as very lumbering and leaden. It's like two left feet trying to dance. It's like me trying to dance, maybe. Oh my gosh. Trying to look for positive things to say. I will say Imagine Dragons continue to have a, a way with hooks. Say what you will about them. They are very catchy and the instrumentation does absolutely nothing for me it again feels very by the books in a reductive generic way and at least it doesn't have something as obnoxious as the pitch shifted vocals on thunder one of their hits from last year so that's a positive caitlin save me yes i will do my best this Song in particular reminded me a lot of something just like this, Chainsmokers Coldplay collaboration, especially when it goes from the more sung verses that uh, they actually do sound like Chris Martin to me a lot, which is kind of weird having two different artists sound like Chris Martin on a podcast this week. But I don't think that's necessarily a bad thing. I like that it it 
sounds a little bit different. I like that I could do kind of Backstreet Boys dance moves to it. I think that a natural, and I was very contemplative during our listen here in the studio because I could see them going one of two ways. I could see Imagine Dragons doing something with someone like the Chainsmokers or Calvin Harris or going more into a little bit more pop EDM. Or I could see them going, and this is a little bit more of a pipe dream, but like Migos and having some kind of, <laughs> Tanner just gave me the worst look, um, and or featuring some kind of like soft rapper on a track. So maybe not Migos, maybe we could go with like Post Malone. Wiz Khalifa? Wiz Khalifa would be in that group. Uh, maybe we could throw in... Oh man, what if they did something on an XXX Tentacion like clip? That would be I'm so curious. I'm really curious to see how it would sound because I think a positive about this track is that it can go multiple ways. Having said that, I don't think it's the best standalone for Imagine Dragons. Tanner's still giving me a look. <laughs> I'm just trying to picture what a Imagine Dragons post Malone collaboration would sound like and it's troubling we'll say troubling no i would give it a shot i would imagine dragons post malone 2020 let's go i'm moving on we're moving on (laughs) i tried to save you i tried to help and then you and then you undid that by bringing post by bringing post malone into the mix we're hopping over to the country block and we're hopping over in particular to kip moore Moore is a country artist with chart success going back to about 2011, where he had his breakout hit titled Something About a Truck, and that song topped the country charts and even hit number 29 on the Hot 100. And to date, Truck is still by far Moore's most successful song, eventually going double platinum, and it's Moore's only song, in fact, to top the country charts or break the top 40 of the Hot 100. And to that end, Moore's chart success has dwindled somewhat, or had dwindled after 2013, his single's by that point, we're failing to even crack the top 20 of the Hot Country Songs chart. And so in response, he scaled back, didn't release anything in 2016. And then the following year, he returned with the song More Girls Like You. And the the scaling back, the period of retreat paid off. More Girls Like You reversed his chart slump, peaked at number eight on the country chart, and paved the way for his third studio album, Slow Heart, which peaked at number three on the country chart all the way back in September of last year and number 10 on the Billboard 200. And Last Shot, in the meantime, is the second single from Slow Heart, which is sort of startling to only have two singles from an album released over a year ago. But the song is gaining in performance. It's at number 16 on the country chart. It dipped a little bit from from last week from its peak. I believe it was at number 13, but it's still gaining in performance overall, so it stands a good chance of continuing to climb. Let's listen once again to Last Shot. Kit Moore. Baby, love's just one of those words just gets thrown around Like a Jack and Coke sitting on a bar, it gets watered down So I ain't gonna say it, oh, but I ain't gonna lie If you wanna know the truth, how I feel about you tonight If you were my last Yeah. 
almost like this. Moore's voice isn't bad. He's got that bit of scraggliness to counteract the very smooth accompaniment. And when the chorus hits, the, the thing that interests me most about the song is that when the chorus hits, Moore has the flair of almost a sort of hard rock singer. There's actually an interview out there I found out after the fact, after I had this initial thought. Moore actually mentioned Aerosmith as an inspiration of the song. And that's not, it's close, but it's not quite where my first association went to when I heard this song. I thought of Bon Jovi. And I think that's a particularly apt comparison because for listeners that are familiar with Bon Jovi, they went country in the mid 2000s. They put out a couple albums. I remember my dad had Have a Nice Day. And then I think the follow-up was Lost Highway or something like that. And so it's, again, this sort of borderline hard rock, country rock, sort of threading the needle. And yet, despite that, you also have, after the chorus, you have that very melancholy, very reverb-heavy guitar melody. Sounds like a slide guitar with a ton of reverb on it. Very distant, almost regretful, adds a nice bit of nuance. But in general... Moore's performance isn't quite enough to overcome the melody that I find kind of pedestrian. And in general, if the Lewis Capaldi song was able to land on just the right side of kind of plain, this Kit Moore song lands on the other side of just kind of plain. It's fine, but it, it, there's just it's just missing that extra something for me. Caitlin, I don't know if you feel differently. Speaking of the melody, the pedestrian melody you said, have you heard of late 90s song i think it's called i try macy gray it sounds i think the beginning of the chorus kind of sounds like i try to say goodbye and i choke try to walk away and i stumble. yes like that song yes it reminds me so much of that and i actually leaned more towards liking the song because i made that connection in my head so every time he kind of goes leans into that chorus i go I tried to say goodbye and I choked and I like laughed myself. <laughs> so thank you. Thank you, Kip Moore. That was fun. So you're saying that if only I liked Bon Jovi a little bit more, maybe I would like the song because that was my association. Exactly. Exactly. That's all I'm trying to say here. Um, other than that, I think just to give a shout out to our younger kind of pop country guys in the charts, this was the song that I preferred most. I think I think it had a lot of heart. I think Tanner hit on a lot of things that that I wanted to say about it. And I don't know, it kind of reminds me of a dad. He reminds me of a dad, like <laughs> singing this song a little bit. I feel like that's about 80% of country hits, though. Sounds like it sounds yeah. like a dad. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. It's so great. I think we both agree. Definitely the strongest of the four songs of that country block in the in the 90s on the Hot 100, but definitely not strong enough to be pick of the week and still kind of missing that extra something, but we'll stay tuned for more Kit Moore on the charts in the future. And speaking of pick of the week, Caitlin, would you like to make the announcements that might not come as a surprise after a sort of rough week on the charts? We toyed around with a couple ideas this week, one of which was doing a, uh, a country face-off in lieu of pick of the week because we really just couldn't, we couldn't come up with anything that really floated our boat, so they say. So we don't have a pick of the week this week. I think listeners will remember Topanga was our pick of the week a couple weeks ago. Not super into repeating. Obviously, like, that track has not changed in my mind. I think it's still a great track. Uh, close 
second was the Lewis Capaldi. But I think by the end of the the listening week for us, it just felt so stale that we couldn't commit to it. Yeah, it's it was a very non-committal, very kind of blah week on the charts. Yeah, and I will say I'll, I'll give a brief shout out to the little peep song "Life Is Beautiful," which I'm a, a pretty big fan of. But I know it wasn't it wasn't suiting Caitlin. So so that gives us that that gives that gives us our lack of a pick of the week. And with that, thank you so much for listening to Chart Chat. If you'd like to listen to all of this past week's chart debuts, you can find a Spotify playlist right next to the episode now on Spotify Woo-hoo. in the show notes. And if you have any questions, feedback, or corrections, you can get in touch with us via email at chartchatcast at gmail.com. Also, if you're interested in following us on social media, you can find us on Twitter and Instagram at chartchatcast. Also, along with the Spotify announcement, it goes without saying, hopefully, but please consider rating and reviewing us on your platform of choice, whether that is Spotify or iTunes, Google Play, wherever you get your fine audio content. We greatly appreciate it. Chart Chat's intro theme was written by Peter Kelly, and our cover art was made by Billy Phillips, both from Coronation Media. Coronation Media is a creative studio specializing in video production, animation, and graphic design. To learn what they can do for your company or organization, visit www.coronationmedia.com. Chart Chat is also a member of the Teej.fm network from WTJU. To learn more, visit Teej.fm. That's T-E-E-J.fm. Thanks again for listening to Chart Chat. I'm Tanner Green. And I'm Caitlin Flay. And we will catch you next week. Bye.